No Bull. Powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers. For a premier destination near you, head to nobull.com. Here's Chris, Crespin, and Simone. And welcome in. Wednesday edition, No Bull with Chris, Crespin, and Simone. Chris Schubert, Sean Crespin here with you on a Wednesday. Sean, happy Wednesday to you, my friend. How you feeling? Midweek. Doing all right? Well, I got to be honest with you. I got a little bit of a problem, and this is a bit of a programming note for everybody listening to this podcast. You might hear uh, loud banging throughout the, the course of the show, what sounds like somebody coming through the ceiling above me. Apparently, today is the day that the apartment above me is getting the carpet replaced, and because I saw a guy this morning when I was out doing some errands, and they're just making just a crap ton of noise up there. Like You heard it in the pre-show meeting. It, it is very loud above me, and so that might come through on the show, so I'm just letting everybody know ahead of time. If you hear that, that is what that is. So it's really made work extremely productive today. Like, just, I couldn't, couldn't begin to describe to you how productive Apartment life, dude. You'll be fine. That's all right. It just sound like somebody knocking on the door half the time throughout the show. So if, if it happens, it happens. We, you know, we, we, my dogs join the program half the time, so it's fine. You know, things happen. It's uh, so, social distancing broadcasting. It's what it's all yeah. about, man. So you're doing good on a Wednesday here? You're feeling good? Uh, you got a big Sun Devil game tonight. Uh, we do. That you, are you participating in said game in terms of the uh, the color commentary, play-by-play? No, play, I, the, I, the do believe, the line? no? I do believe Kyle Dodden. I have not spoke to him today yet, but I believe he's being removed from the injury report. He had what they call in the hockey world a lower body injury, but he's fine. Sure. Uh, I believe he's being removed. He should be there tonight. So uh, I'll okay. be there, You know, but I'll be back to the engineering producing role. Sure opposed to color analyst role for this particular game. Hey, uh, big swing for the Sun Devils through the, through the, the, um, the, the LA schools this week. So, um, get to find that they've been playing better basketball, but those, those may be the two best teams right now in the conference. So we'll see how it goes. It, start, it starts with USC tonight. So the streak, not on the line, the three and one record of Sean Crespin, apparently not, not on the on line. The line. We'll, no. we'll keep that. We'll keep that yeah. to the side. All right, Sean, let's get, uh, let's get everybody caught up on what is in the lead on the program today. This is the one they're talking about. Now, now listen, now listen, I can hear everybody. Oh, you guys didn't open up with the Suns. What do you, we'll get to it, okay? It's a big topic. <laughs> it's a big story. We'll get it's to it. more than just stories. in the lead. Right, yes. yeah, I can't just give it two minutes worth of time here at the beginning of the show. We'll get to it. Sean, we are going to talk about the Arizona Cardinals here at the top of the program because uh, I don't know if you saw. Listen, we're in NFL silly season. So Instagram, social media posts, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Vine, if that's still a thing. Name a social media platform. People on the internet are keeping tabs on it, and they're keeping tabs on what people are saying. DeAndre Hopkins shouts out a uh, current free agent, J.J. Watt, on Instagram. Quote, let's finish what we started with J.J. Watt photoshopped into an Arizona Cardinal uniform. Sean, I think this is a, pretty much a, a lock guarantee. J.J. Watt, member of the Arizona Cardinals in 2021. It's done. I mean, it's, it, yeah. You know how things are in 2021, man. If, if it's Instagram official, like we it's, just found out, that our boy Devin Booker and Kendall Jen, their their Instagram official. So now that's a real hey. thing. So hey. clearly, if DeAndre Hopkins puts a picture with him and and his boy JJ photoshops into a Cardinals jersey, if it finds its way to Instagram, which it did. I mean, it's science. Lock it up. He's coming to the Arizona Cardinals. Right. If it's on the internet, it's true, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's kind of what Especially I've Especially Instagram. When it becomes Instagram official. Specifically Instagram. Woo. By the way, J.J. Watt tweeted about 10 minutes before we went on the show, free agency is wild. <laughs> so he's having yeah. a blast right now. Right. He's not coming to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, listen, I don't think you check either box. And we're going to talk later on in the program about how you're going to be able to free up a little bit more money than maybe previously anticipated. Uh, but it will be at the expense of some names that you know leaving 
It's a heck of a tease right there. Uh, but we're gonna so we'll talk about that. But still, you're not gonna have the money opened up. That I, I I don't believe to land a JJ Watt. You're not in a position to win right now to land JJ Watt. It's not gonna happen. It's fun to dream about it, and it's fun to see DeAndre Hopkins put that on Instagram. But it ain't happening. One other NFL story before we get into the Suns. We got some Diamondbacks talk here on the show, and as Sean mentioned, we'll talk about the Cardinals. So we're covering all the bases here on the show today. Um, Sean, the latest on this Carson Wentz, Indianapolis Colts, Bears love triangle that apparently is going on, it appears as if the Bears are the front runners now to acquire Carson Wentz, and this is according to Albert Breer of the Monday Morning Quarterback. And there's also conflicting reports that they're the front runners only if Carson Wentz wants to go there, that the Chicago Bears aren't interested in acquiring a quarterback that's going to be as disgruntled as he reportedly was in Philly which maybe means the Indianapolis Colts, where he would rather go, they're the front runners. And for a guy who doesn't have a no-trade clause in his contract, certainly feels like Carson Wentz has architect a situation here in which he gets to pick where he, he's going to play next season. If you're the Chicago, I'm sorry, if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, you send him wherever's best for you. You know, like, so front runner this, front runner that, you know, whatever. Who, who's going to give you the best deal? If right, but if Chicago... Like, for instance, the, the the Detroit Lions did right by Matthew Stafford. I don't believe the feelings here in Philadelphia are on the same level of Matthew Stafford in Detroit. They also right? got two firsts to trade Matthew Stafford, in which they weren't getting from other teams. So right, in they fairness, did, but they, did they, wanted, deal. they wanted to be fair by Matthew Stafford, right? They wanted to do him, you know, his, his sure. future. Yeah, they wanted to do right by him. Do right by Matt. Yeah. That's not going to happen. No. And if, you're the, and if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, you just get the best deal that's on the table. You know what I mean? But... The risk of that is if the, these reports are true and the Bears say, hey, we want to talk to Carson before we finalize this trade and we give you our first-round pick, and Carson goes, "Yeah, you know what? I'm not really interested. I, I, don't, I don't think I want to play for you. Do the Bears then go back to the Eagles front office and they say, you know what? We don't want to give up a first for, for, for Carson once. We're uninterested. So that's where this game of chicken can play itself out. I agree with you. The Eagles are ultimately going to take the, the best deal on the table, but Carson Wentz can kind of nuke this thing if he wants. Yes and no. Does he want to return to Philadelphia? I mean, ultimately, the trump card lies with the Eagles. The Eagles can say we're trading you to Chicago, so you better just get to, you better get to liking the Bears. You know, it, hope, hopefully, you like deep dish pizza. Like, you know, what I mean, they, they can just tell them that because ultimately, they hold the trump card. They can send them wherever they want to go. And if your options as Carson Wentz are Chicago with a premier defense, by the way, or staying in Philadelphia, what are you gonna? You're really gonna? What are you gonna do? You know what I mean? Ultimately, the Eagles. I, hold I agree. The, I agree. Ultimately, the Eagles hold the trump card. He, you know, it's that it is what it is. If Chicago has the best deal, that's where he's going to go. And if you know, if, if Indianapolis ends up with the best deal and it works out for both parties in that instance, then that's where he's going to go. But right now, Philadelphia clearly holds the trump card in this situation. And you got to think, whichever one of these two teams misses on a quarterback will be very quick to be calling up some of the other teams that have quarterbacks that are available. Potentially, San Francisco, the Jets. Uh, maybe they try to call Houston again, although that doesn't seem like... There's no thawing of the ice there. That feels like that's going to take a little bit. We're going to be into April before we get a resolution uh, at the earliest with that. So we'll see. This is this is probably the biggest story right now outside of Deshaun Watson is where does Carson Wentz end up? Because I think it's the first major domino uh, that can fall to, to continue this quarterback market. After after Matthew Stafford, since that's deal, that deal's done, I think this is the next domino that will fall that can start a... Uh, a cascading effect of other moves. All right, that's going to do it for us here 
uh, in the lead. Uh, Sean, I mentioned it, the Suns. They played a basketball game last night against a depleted Brooklyn Nets team, a game that they probably should have won. Instead, it was a massive fourth-quarter letdown. We'll get into it next year on No Bull with Chris Crespin and Simone. NoBull.com. I just went to NoBull.com right now. I'm watching the number increase as it runs through their their 17 different brands and 21 different locations to find out exactly how many vehicles are available right there at your fingertips at NoBull.com. And yet again, over 7,000 vehicles is where the number stops. Available for you to browse right now. They've got what you have your eyes on right now at NoBull.com. 17 brands and 21 locations different dealerships as i mentioned but it's all at your fingertips at noble.com and with the noble express option they're going to bring a ride right to your front door once you find what you're looking for at noble.com click the noble express option have them bring the car to your front door test drive it for the day fill out your application there uh when you finish your your, your deal with Earnhardt Auto Centers via Noble.com. They're going to bring your ride right to your front door for you as well. It's as easy as it gets. It turns the entire buying process into an absolute breeze. Noble.com, the Noble Express option. You know Earnhardt's a name you can trust. Been a part of the Valley. Family owned since 1951. Noble.com and Earnhardt Auto Centers. That ain't Noble. No Kevin Durant. No Kawhi Leonard. No problem. Not Kawhi Leonard. Kyrie Irving, excuse me. A 24-point deficit. No problem for yeah. James Harden and the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, who beat the Phoenix Harden. Suns last. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, for the for, for the Brooklyn Nets, they beat the Phoenix Suns 128 to 124. And, and Sean, ultimately, this is one game in a 72 games 72 game season. But when we look at this Phoenix Suns team and the evolving expectations that that this team has gone under this season, you absolutely unequivocally. Cannot lose a basketball game against the Brooklyn Nets without Kyrie Irving, without Kevin Durant, and when you have a 24-point lead. Unequivocally, cannot happen. So, full disclosure here, I uh, DVR every Suns game, right? Obviously, to breeze through it and just do, do You're some You're also a busy prep. guy. You, you know, you do a lot of different things. Yeah, so a lot of times I'm watch working. the game live. Yeah, so. sometimes I'm working Sun Devil games and so forth. Anyway, last night at 75-54 in the second half. Last night, they're up by 22 in the third quarter. I'm like, did all you, right. Did, did you... Did you pull a Manooch to, to quote uh, one of our uh, our former radio hey, part, or your, my said, former radio partner? Yeah. So Lindsay and I are, are watching. Uh, we're into this show that's on Apple Plus right now. So I'm like, you know what? Let's go ahead and watch the show. This game is you did. You done-zo. Did. You, you did. Right? You, so you we, we watched our show. Wow. And then all of a sudden my phone buzzes. Suns and Nets in a close ball game. What? wasn't until we were done watching the show I had to go back and find it and look at the fourth quarter and watch the debacle that was. I mean, that was you can't lose that basketball game. You know, we've been no. we've been waxing poetically about the Phoenix Suns really the last 2 weeks and rightfully so, right? I mean, you won 9 to 10, you were 6 and 0 on this 7 game home stand. Um, you were you were beating good basketball teams throughout the Bucks of the world, the 76ers of the world. You're feeling good about yourself, and you should have been. And we were and you know we were talking glowingly of the Phoenix Suns. Well, if we're going to do that, then we have to we have to call it like it is when stuff like this happens. That's an embarrassing loss. That's a bad loss last night. And I know at the start of this the start of this homestand, if you were to say, ah, oh, you won these games, but you lost to the Nets. Okay, makes sense. Not with what you were presented with last night. Not when Harden's the only member of the big three in that roster standing. Not when you have a 75-54 lead at halftime. Not when you're up by 22 into the third quarter. That that No, that's embarrassing. That's a bad loss. And, you know, when you and I first started sitting down for our show prep this morning, you said, yeah, you want to be talked about like a big boy team? You want to be playing big boy basketball? You don't lose those basketball games, and you're 100% correct. 
No, and also, if you want to be treated like a big boy team, there's big boy criticism that comes with that. And, and, the, and the criticism that comes is when you lose games like this that you should not lose. I don't care that, it, that oh, it's the Brooklyn Nets and, the, and they're going to be probably the one seed or the two seed. They're going to be the best team in the East when it's all said and done. I don't care. They but didn't they, have KD. Thank you. They didn't have Kyrie Irving. It, it, you are a better basketball team on paper, talent-wise, compared to the Brooklyn Nets last night. You are. And on top of that, you had a 24-point lead at one point. You absolutely cannot lose that basketball game. Listen, again, it's one game in a 72-game season. I'm not saying the sky is falling. The Phoenix Suns are doomed. Everything that we've said over the course of the last three or four shows goes out the window. But context matters. And when we discuss these things, when games like this happen, we have to talk about why they happen. Why did this team blow a 24-point lead against a team that they shouldn't have lost. Because, Sean, I would argue that this loss is worse than that loss to Washington earlier in the season. Remember when they got absolutely the doors blown off of them early in the season to Washington? I think it was, what, 128-107? They just didn't stand a chance in that game. I think this is worse. You know, 24-point lead, you know, late in the game against the Brooklyn Nets, who were depleted, and you couldn't finish the deal. Booker went, what, 2 of 12 in the second half shooting the ball? Just disappeared. I think they you can't feel, have that. I think they were feeling themselves. You know, and, and hopefully, hopefully this kind of game is a wake-up call, right? You're feeling yourself. You've won 9 of 10. You've won 6 straight at home. It's the end of the homestand. You're up huge at the half. The other team is down two stars. You start feeling yourself, right? You start rela- you relax a little bit. You can't do that in the NBA, man. I don't care who you Not are. Not if you want to be considered playing. this top-tier team that we've no, been discussing. You can't do that in the NBA. I think you relaxed a little bit in the second half, and it came back and bit you right in the you-know-what. You know, so – and I'm – I hear what you're saying about that Washington game, but if you remember right, that's the COVID game that ended up throwing off the entire next week and everything else. They so didn't no, play that, like for the that next was, four that games. Was, that was a pretty bad game uh, on the on the floor and off the floor because of issues. So I'm not, I'm not going to compare this one to that one. Um, but no, this that, that it's, it's an embarrassing loss. And it's not just the players. I mean, we can we can question what Monty Williams did in the second half as well, staying with you know his size on the floor when uh, Steve Nash and company went small ball and DeAndre Aiden's getting worked in the pick and roll constantly getting sw- it's Jeff nece- green playing center right it's not necessarily his fault you know you get high you, you run the high pick and roll and you get switched off onto Harden 30 feet from the floor what do you for the, from the hoop what are you going to do uh, good luck have you fun with I mean? that what you, yeah right what are you going to do but at that point okay where are the adjustments at so mm-hmm. you can talk about Monty Williams and his game plan in the, in the second half the lack of adjustments give Steve Nash give coach D some credit they made the adjustments in the second half that got their team a lot of open looks they kept getting DeAndre Aiden I, I keep bringing up DA but it was others as well you know, but they kept getting mismatches that they liked. They would either penetrate and get to the rack or kick to the open shooter in the corner, and, and it was just a lack of adjustments. And they Suns found themselves in quicksand, and they weren't able to get out of it. If I asked you before the game, Sean, how the Suns should attack James Harden, because you knew that there was no Kyrie, you knew that there was no KD, what would your game plan have been? What would Coach Sean Crespin have instituted as his game plan? Well, Harden's, Harden's, Harden's he's, he, it's difficult because he can take the ball to the whole – uh, oh, or I get he can, it. Or he can well, hit from anywhere. Plan he been? can hit anywhere on the floor. I tell you this: I'm not going to have the second DA gets switched up to him. I'm trying to get off as quickly as I can, I'm switching back. I'm trying. I'll let him take the outside jumper as opposed to opposed to uh, penetrating kick. I know today's NBA is all about knocking down the outside jump shot, so you have to guard. You have to run out and run run players off the three point line. But um, in that situation. I mean, the the open looks they were getting when they were able to penetrate and kick to the I mean, you have to back off and let, allow them to take those outside jump shots and hopefully they go cold. You know, not let not allow them to penetrate and kick to wide open shooters, not allow them to penetrate and get to the rim. That was the issue. 
Yeah, and listen, I mean, I, I Mikael Bridges and Jay Crowder are, are the two best, I think, defensive players on this team, and mm-hmm. you have to rely on them to be able to, to make these plays. Right, right? but mean, again, offensively, I can I can do things to get the mismatch that I want. If you're no, I stay. get it. I understand you know, you know what I mean? that. But, and that's but, what, but, that's but what they were Monty doing. This is where Williams has to call a timeout and make an adjustment. Sure. Right? He just didn't. He right. just let it kind of spiral out of control, and I, I think that's my biggest. Make him shoot over a zone. Make him shoot over the zone. Don't stay man to man, and then you get mixed. You get switched up, and you're stuck on. You know, all of a sudden, Harden's got DeAndre eight and thirty feet from the from the rim, and they isolate, and it's an issue. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I would do everything I could to not allow that to happen. You can do that in a handful of ways. You can switch. You can switch, and then switch back quickly if there's an opportunity. Uh, or you can go zone and make them shoot over the top of the zone. I mean, e- either way. An extremely sour taste in my mouth is how I'm feeling after that. Yeah, it sucks, right? Night. But but again, I, ultimate, I, ultimately, though, Schubert, and this is going to be another test for this team, you, you can't let one game beat you twice. And what I mean by that is this one sucks, right? Don't let it linger. Don't, don't take this on the road trip. Don't let doubt creep into your mind to where you know, you're, the way the second half played out last night against the Nets is going to linger against the Pelicans. Don't let that happen. Don't, yeah. don't go into the Pelicans game feeling like you got to make up for that one last night either. Play the New Orleans Pelicans. Play that game. Don't let it linger. We're going to see if this team uh, can get out of issues like that, situations like that, You know, because that was a bad loss. That, that, where, that one's going to sting. That's where but leadership you can't let it sting. play a huge yeah, role. Exactly right. You can't let it... You can't let it roll over into Friday's game against the Pelicans. You got to let that. You got to let that one go. Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, guys who've been there, done that, have gone through stretches like this, or have played games like this, right? Where they, they just they can't let it compound on itself. They got to they got to be the leaders in that room and be like, listen, guys, we're not going to let what happened the other night impact tonight. It's it's done. It's over with. We're going to move on. Try to get ourselves back on track. Because again, it's it's a bad, it's a brutal loss. It's brutal. You can't lose that game. You're up, I don't care. I don't care if they had all three players. You're up twenty four late in the game. Yeah. Ultimately, ultimately, though, you mentioned it a second ago. It's one game out of the 72-game season. One you game. have to make sure it is just that. You can't let it linger. Again, at the start of this homestand, if we said you lost to the Nets, I, you would have been fine. I know. I get it, but, but it context, just doesn't feel good. Right, because it doesn't feel the, right. Because when you put context to it, you should have won the goddamn basketball game last night. <laughs> right? I mean, it doesn't feel good. It, I don't no, like. I don't like your your nice little sunshine and rainbows. Oh, look! If we we would have looked at this well, beforehand, no, they lost the basketball game last night. They shouldn't have lost, Sean. I know. I'm with you. And if it rolls over, if you start to, if they say they lose two of the next three, and you're like, man, did the confidence get shook? And what what the hell happened? You know, then we start looking at that game. You know, beyond being just one loss on a 72 game season, but right now that is what it is. Don't over panic. Don't lose your, you know, don't lose your mind over it. It sucks. Complain. Go to Twitter. Voice your opinion. Rip whoever you want to rip. But then let's get on to the Pelicans because you can't let this one linger. Coming up next on No Bull with Chris Crespin and Simone. Pitcher, pitchers and catchers are beginning to report. What are the biggest storylines to keep an eye on for the Arizona Diamondbacks? We'll get into it next here on No Bull with Chris Crespin and Simone. But first, let me tell you about our friends over at Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. And Manscaped's got their brand-new cologne scent to help you feel good and smell good all over at all times. Who knew smelling this good could feel this good as well? Manscaped, trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, 
Join the movement for all of your below-the-waist grooming needs. you got the Perfect Package 3.0, headlined by that Lawnmower 3.0 that we talk about all the time, the crop formulations, and now the new refined cologne signature scent by Manscapes. got all the same signature scent that's in all of Manscapes' formulas. The cologne is the perfect complement to your collection. Light, approachable, and gentlemanly in all the right ways. Think of it as your wingman for the night to keep you fresh and ready for anything. If you head over to Manscaped.com and use the promo code NOBULL when you check out, you're going to get 20% off and free shipping so head over to manscape.com check it all out the refined cologne the perfect package the lawnmower 3.0 t-shirts underwear crop formulations you name it they've got it over there and when you check out use the promo code noble you will get 20 percent off and free shipping your balls and now your body will thank you all right schubert 60 seconds no 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 time out time out this is not a 60 seconds of baseball segment it's baseball season Today is the day the pitchers and catchers are reported for multiple teams, including the Arizona Diamondbacks. So it's now full-fledged baseball segment. So you're saying season. today is the day that I have to stop using the 60-second clock. 60 seconds to, of baseball out. I have to engage. You gotta wait. You gotta delete to, it from the program. I it cannot be to, used any longer. I have to engage in long-form conversations with you about the great old game of baseball. Is that what I have to do here? <laughs> yeah, you in particular, which is always which is always fun. It's your favorite sport, uh, clearly. <laughs> so. I do want to discuss some of the bigger storylines when it comes to this team for, for the season because I think there's plenty. But I, I, I will share, if you don't mind me sharing this story, Sean, what we were doing in the pre-show meeting huh? is we were going through the roster and we were having a conversation about this team. And I said to you, man, the longer that you look at this baseball team, you can convince yourself they're better than maybe you initially thought. And you you got that same impression when you looked at this team. You know how I feel about this baseball team. I think there's flaws, and I think there's there's a long way to go. I think it's going to be better than people think. I think people are overreacting to a 60-game sample size from last season. But you looked at the team, and you said, all right, you know, third place, well, squarely probably where they should be. I mean, when you think about the you know the pitching situation that they have right now, and, and you know, I know you like Zach Gallen an awful lot. And, He's the ace of the team. Yeah, Madison Bumgarner. Hopefully you get more out of him this year than last year. But, you know, you start to look at everything. It, 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 there's question marks there. But the lineup overall, not bad. I mean, it, it really isn't as terrible as last year felt. If you think about Cole Calhoun and Cattell Marte, I know who you think he's an absolute star. Uh, Superstar. Christian Love. Walker's fine. Peralta, when he, you know, he's he's fine. Uh, Nick Ahmed, fine. Cabrera, fine. Carson Kelly, an above-average offensive Kelly, yeah, catcher. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the lineup isn't terrible. The question marks really start to come in with the with I think with the backside of your rotation and then obviously in the bullpen I think there's a lot of question marks there. The bullpen is going but, to be rough. But it's not I mean it's not an it's not a terrible roster. I know everybody's coming into this year with a bad taste in their mouth based they off should. of how that 60 game season a year ago felt, right? You were brutal, you were terrible, and nothing went your way. Um and then you started seeing other teams within your division, Padres, Dodgers get even better if that's possible. Uh, and you're thinking, where the hell are we? You know, so it, it, you kind of coming in. You're coming into this season, I think, with a lot of question marks. If you're a Diamondback fan, where you stand within the division? Clearly, you're number three uh, right now on paper. Um, and then obviously the bullpen's got a lot of question marks, and I think the backside of the rotation does as well. The Rockies stink. The Rockies are going to be one of the worst teams in baseball. It is going to be a competition between them and the Orioles of who is the worst team in baseball. So I, you're squarely ahead of them. I think you're better than the Giants. I think what the Giants did last year and going basically 500, it was a little bit of a mirage. It was a small sample size, I think. And I think this Steinbeck's team, listen, 
a couple years ago, Mike Hazen decided to do a, a very Tampa Bay Rays-esque thing, right? He decided to move some pieces that he didn't think were going to be here long-term, namely Paul Goldschmidt and, and Zach Greinke, but he also made additions to the team with young, controllable pieces that he thought could give the team a chance to win in the short and long-term. It was how Zach Gallen became a member of this team. He traded the top prospect in the organization in order to get uh, Zach Gallen, and he's I think the ace of this team. He's better than Madison Bumgarner. Madison Bumgarner had a brutal year last year, and it is rightly so, I think, the biggest storyline for this team when it comes to spring training in the season beginning. As can Madison Bumgarner be a lot better than he was last year? I don't think he needs to be great, but he needs to be a lot better than he was last year. And everything, everything that the thing that people are going to be paying attention to the most is his velocity uh, to see where that is at when, when spring training and we start to see these guys throw. But Zach Allen and Madison Bumgarner, if Bumgarner can return to at least a decent form, is a nice top part of that rotation. Caleb Smith, Caleb Smith, Luke Weaver, Mel Kelly, I think rounds out that rotation pretty solidly. You have a lot of options there. The bullpen is a question mark. But but let's not forget, Mike Hazen made moves to this team, right? He signed Madison Bumgarner, traded for Starla Marte. He tried to give this a go. He tried to put, put out a, a team on the field that could win. It didn't. And when you are a team like the Arizona Diamondbacks, who don't spend to the level that the, both the Padres and Dodgers have spent this offseason, and the Dodgers in general, you then have to move a Starling Marte. You then can't make ex extremely big, splashy moves in free agency. You have to hope that the prospects you acquired in the, the Zach Reiki trade, the guys that you've drafted, develop and become the players that you expect them to be. And then once all that comes together, you then add to it via free agency. So I get it. It's frustrating because Hazen came in and he's been aggressive and he's been wheeling and dealing. And I've been, I've praised Mike Hazen at every chance I've gotten because I think people undervalue what he's done here as the general manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks. And yes, I think you look at last year and you look at the state of the roster this year and you go, oh, what are we doing here? You look at the Meyer Leagues, this team that's trending in the right direction. They have a couple of prospects that I think can can be be impact players soon, guys that could come up this year. And I think it's beginning to trend in the right direction. Because also, what, what do you want them to do? Because I don't think there's an amount of money that the Diamondbacks could have spent this offseason that is a, that is comparative to what they normally spend in an offseason that would put them anywhere near the level of what the Dodgers and Padres are. You don't spend just to spend because then that locks you into contracts long-term in which you can't do anything. So no, I, I get it. I, I don't want a baseball team to stink, right? And I don't want a baseball team to suffer, and I don't want them to put their fan base through it. But you also have to understand who the Diamondbacks are and how they operate. Could they have made some some additional signings? Yes, they brought in Isdrubal Carrera for, for some depth. They've made some moves in different spots. I get it. They could have done more. But, man, looking at that division, looking at where the Dodgers and Padres are, you kind of just have to wait this thing out, hope your, your, your young players develop, continue to rebuild that farm system, because you have built that part of this team well. And I know it doesn't mean major league success right away but that has been going in the right direction they have turned over that prospect system that minor league system in a big way it just needs to it's going to take a little bit there are going to be some bridge years before that talent gets to the major league level so listen i think this team this team could, could is going to probably be third in the nl west them and the giants i think i think they're better than the giants i agree uh it wasn't long ago you know when you talk about the farm system where there wasn't a single prospect in the top 100 for the arizona diamondbacks not a single yeah once okay. a few years ago and now let me, let me, you know, let me scroll through okay i got two a handful three four five six i got six very mm -hmm. quickly that i just found six yep. diamondbacks prospects that are in the, the top 100 including a couple that i think are in the top 50. so uh, they're a team that's trending at least in that regard in the right direction now don't get me wrong i get that 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 doesn't mean anything to the, to, to, to to fans because th that that's not this year's success i understand that and i agree that this team I thought was going to be better over the last couple of seasons than they were, but you also have to understand who you are and the way the Diamond the Diamondbacks operate. What occurred last year forced them to make some moves, uh, and they, they got rid of Starling Marte. They made all of these moves that 
in order to make this team better. It didn't work out. They kind of have to hit the reset button. Other teams, like the Dodgers, can eat a mistake. They make a mistake with a contract, they can kind of eat it. The Diamondbacks, if it doesn't work out, they kind of have to get out from under it as quickly as they can. You saw it with the Zach Granke deal, and they had to trade Goldschmidt because they didn't think they were going to be able to re-sign him. They thought he was going to go elsewhere. They got something for him at that time. Listen, it hasn't been a good stretch here, but I think they're on the right course. I think they're heading in the right direction. I agree. What's your biggest question mark right now? Like, what's the Oof. answer you want from this baseball team right now? Is it who's going to how, how the road to how the bullpen's going to you know, end up I, being no, formed? If, I mean, to if, me, that's got to be it. If you're asking me for the 2021 Diamondbacks, yes. yes. The, the bullpen, I, I need to watch some spring training games and see what is done in that regard in terms of figuring out what options Tori Lavella was going to have in order to make this work. Um, I'm higher on the rotation than I think most are. I loved the Zach Allen trade at the time. I, I applauded Mike Kazin for doing it. I thought it was a home run deal, and Zach Allen's easily their best pitcher. And we just went through the offense. Ketel Ke Marte, superstar, Diamondbacks fans. If you don't understand how big of a deal Ketel Marte is and what he does on a yearly basis, I know the power is down last year. But again, I, it's a 60-game sample size. I'm not going to take – I'm not putting a whole lot of stock into what happened last year with, with the different COVID protocols that guys were learning on the fly and getting tested and the, the travel and everything being different. And they only played 60 games. Just It's just not enough for me. It's less than half a season I'm trying to, I'm trying to evaluate a guy on. So I'm not putting a whole lot of stock into his power being down last year. I think he's going to be fine. Christian Walker's a power threat. Eduardo Escobar, you know what you get from him. That's what You traded for him, and then you brought him back with, it, with an extension. Carson Kelly is an extremely good uh, offensive catcher. Nick Ahmed, you know what you're getting from him defensively, and at times he's shown the ability to be an above-average offensive bat. You bring in as Jubal Cabrera for depth. You have uh, Cole Calhoun in the outfield. You have David Peralta in the outfield. You have some young players. I think Dalton Varsho is going to make an appearance at some point this year for, for this baseball team because he's almost 25 years old, and I think they, they want to get him up and see what they have in him because I think he's going to be a big piece moving forward. So if you're asking me for the 2021 Diamondback, Sean. Yeah, it's this bullpen that I, I'm looking at names here, and I'm just like, this guy's going to have to pitch important uh, innings for the Diamondbacks late in the game. Like, okay, that's where they're going to struggle. Uh, you know, Joaquin Soria is probably going to be their closer, um, but they got to get it to him in a lot of ways. So they're going to ask, you know, Yoan Lopez, and they're going to have to ask Kevin Ginkle. These are guys they're going to have to ask to get big outs, and they have, you know, Taylor Widener is, is a nice piece. They have guys out there that I think can can evolve and become decent bullpen arms, but it's a lot of guys that you're you're hoping that become something. You don't have a lot of stabilizing forces out there, in my opinion, in that bullpen. No, I, I completely agree. There's not a name that jumps off the page at all, to be perfectly honest. Not a single one in the in the bullpen that jumps off the page. Can't you tell I'm excited about baseball, Sean? I, I, I can't yeah, prepare I today. Can with, with I can feel it. You went over I'm the 60 seconds today, though, but, you know, we'll, we'll – Again, we'll 60 seconds is out. 60 <laughs> seconds no longer exists. It is. So, it was so, a good segment, oh, though. You know, it was, it was thank a good, you. It was thank good, you. I good, appreciate that. Yeah, good segment today, Schubert. And, and ESPN put, put a, a story together about the 30 biggest question marks, the, the spring storylines for all, all, all 30 teams. And for the Arizona Diamondbacks, this shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody, but Madison Bumgarner atop that list. And, you know, Luke Weaver had a bad year last year. Luke Weaver was not particularly good. Um, and then Merrill Kelly is going to come back from thoracic outlet syndrome or, or surgery um, because he had thoracic outlet syndrome. So they need to figure out what he is going to be. So they have – there's a lot of question marks in that rotation, I think, outside of Zach Gallon. So Bumgarner is going to be the big one. They mentioned exactly what I mentioned. The fastball velocity is what people are going to, to, to be looking at. 
and we'll see. I think it's nice to be talking about baseball again. Uh, pitchers and catchers are reporting today. The Diamondbacks put out a tweet with some guys showing up. Uh, so it, it is nice to see. So, and Sean, it feels a lot better. I mean, this time, this time last year, we were talking about negotiations and issues and where we're even going to get baseball. Uh, we we so, still have issues. There's still a pending labor strike that's going to happen at the end of the season. So enjoy yeah, baseball while you have it. Because I, I can you know, down the road, Schubert. That's next year. Kick the can down the road. Who, who, don't worry about that yet. Don't fret on it. It's just better this year instead of talking about. Well, what are we going to get? How many games are we going to get? Are they going to be able to negotiate in good faith? What are we're getting 162. Or at least we're going to try. It feels feels a lot better this year. Coming up next, we wrap up this edition of No Bull with Chris Crespin and Simone discussing a a potential plan for the Arizona Cardinals this offseason that could include a a familiar name not being back in the future. That's next here on No Bull with Chris Crespin and Simone. John, I came up with a plan. Not really my plan. Saw the plan from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. But he laid it out as to how the Cardinals could potentially keep Hassan Reddick. And I did the math on it. I went to overthecap.com. I crunched the numbers. I kind of like it. I kind of like what he pointed out. So ESPN, this is the second time I've mentioned ESPN here on the show because they do some great work over there. They did a an <laughs> off-season guide for all 32 teams in which they broke down salary cap space. They broke down you know pending free agents, guys that could become cap casualties, and then things that you know each team you know, it is important to each team. So fans of other teams, they, they, you know, fans of the New Orleans Saints don't know what's going on with the Arizona Cardinals. It's a little blurb about what, what the biggest things are for the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I got to be honest with you, Sean, one of the things I'm not really enjoying about this offseason is every story that I look at has a different number for what the Arizona Cardinals cap space is. I know. And I just wish we could come to an agreement on what the number is because well, it's he- so important for the offseason for this, this, this team. And like overthecap.com has it with 13.5. And this ESPN story has him at 15. And if I go to Spotrack, it's probably a different number. And some other story probably has him at like $60 million. And I just, can we agree on the salary cap for next year, please? Please? Yeah, we have it, a month until the league year starts. Yeah, usually we usually teams know by now. You know, but Can it, we know? So, please. And I'm, assume, I'm assuming teams have a good idea. And that's why I believe that that mid-80s number is probably about 180 right. and a half is the number that overthecap.com yeah, that, is using. That's so. what we keep getting leaked out. You know, oh, it's probably going to be somewhere in the mid-180s. Okay. Which is still a significant. It feels better than the 175 cap floor that has been set by the by the Players Association. Well, it was, it was 190 last year, Sean. It, it was, was 190. One, well, and it was pl- it, it, there's always a 10-plus boost every year. Teams plan right. on that. Going forward, nope. like oh, we're going to get about the ten million ish, you know, boost for the salary cap next year. No, this year we're going backwards. We're going down. So you know, it would be nice to have an idea of where they're at, but I think it's going to end up somewhere in the one eighties. Either way, the Arizona Cardinals are going to have to make some moves in order to make some moves. If you get my drift, right now. So here's some fifteen million according to ESPN, mm-hmm. and your prominent free agent list include Patrick Peterson, Kenyon Drake, Larry Fitzgerald, Hassan Reddick, Dan Arnold. You know, there's a lot more. Um, but those mm-hmm. are the prominent ones they point out on ESPN. So within your own house, those are the names. You only got $15 million ish to spend. I mean, some are going to have to go in order to keep those guys or look elsewhere and bring somebody in from the outside. So for the sake of this argument, I'm going to use the numbers that are presented by ESPN just because okay. I think it's cleaner and it allows us to have a, a better conversation overall. So they have the, the Cardinals at $15 million in projected salary cap space, Sean. So file that number away. Keep it handy. Maybe you have a calculator out or something or a pen and a piece of paper because we're going to need to do some math here on the show. Oh. Here are the potential cut candidates that uh, I believe Jeremy Fowler wrote this story for or he, he at least wrote the blurb for the Cardinals uh, put. Robert Alford, cornerback, and it's an interesting that that's where we're leading with, and we'll get to why I think that's important in a second. By cutting him, you save $7.5 million. Okay, so now we're looking at about $22.5 million in money based on my quick math. Max Williams, tight end, you cut him, you save about $3.1 million. So now we're at 
$25.6 million in cap space. Justin Pugh, you cut him, that saves another $7.25 million. That gets us to a number, Sean, of, I believe, around $32.8 million in salary cap space, if my math on the fly was correct. So now the Cardinals, after cutting those guys that uh, Jeremy Fowler said are potential cut candidates, the Cardinals have $32.8 million in cap space. They just cut another corner off of their team, just to make it very clear. They cut another corner off the team, and now we have to decide what they're going to do moving forward. Now, the important thing that gets noted in this blurb is that Hassan Reddick could be applied the franchise tag, which is projected to be $14.6 million, and if the Cardinals then cut Devon Kennard, that saves them $5.5 million. So add the $5.5 million to that number we just mentioned, that 32.8. That puts you at around 38.3, doing the quick math here, and then 14.6 for a franchise tag for Hassan Reddick, and you're looking at like, uh, I don't know, $24 million now in cap space to be able to address all your other needs. I, I like that math on the fly, Sean. There okay, you go. let me do a recap there because you just spoke a lot you, a lot of numbers. And a lot of, got, a lot of numbers I threw at you. So basically what you're saying is, in order to keep Hassan Reddick, you're going to franchise tag him and pay him fourteen point six, the projected number. Which right now you've only got fifteen million in cap space. So in order to make that type of deal work, you're going to at that point release somebody like a like a like a, a Devon Kennard to save mm-hmm. five million dollars. Yeah, that's what Jeremy Fowler suggests. And when he when he presented it, I was like, that's an interesting way of moving the money around. As, you know, again, you can get creative with the salary cap any way you want. Uh, but that also means. If your franchise tag is on Reddick, uses up the majority of the money, you even with the canard, you know, cut release, that it's still not leaving enough to lead to land a Patrick Peterson. And I and I cut another corner, right? We cut Larry another corner in this example. Right, right. If you wanted to bring back Larry, which we don't have an answer on yet, you know, those those names, it's still it's still gonna be difficult to maintain your own free agents from this year. You know, if, if Robert Alford, I get it, he hasn't played, he's been in, he's been hurt, right? Uh so Either you roll the dice on him actually playing, or you make the move like you're mentioning and this article is mentioning, cut him and save save seven and a half million dollars. It's up to you, but that means that room, that corner room, we've spent so much time talking well, about, it's, is even it's more basically depleted. empty at this point. Yeah. Yeah, it's empty. They're, they're, people are packing up their boxes because they're, they're not using the room anymore. Right? You know, they're locking the door. No one's allowed in. I like. Uh, let me ask I you like, this, Sean, I like getting creative to keep Reddick, though. I, I well, believe it's to. more well, important than people are giving giving it, you know, credit for. And, and and I think the franchise tag makes more sense than a long-term deal, and I'll explain why. The franchise tag allows you to basically, without saying this to Hassan Reddick, but what you're saying is, okay, yes, Hassan, you had your a career year in year four. You put up 12 and a half sacks. You were clearly our best defensive player by the time the, the season was over. That's one year. Prove it. Prove it again, and then we'll maybe talk long-term extension. Because if you give a long-term extension right now, we're talking, what, four or five years that you're giving him based off of one year, one year's worth of production. Whereas if your franchise tag went 14.6, now he has another year where he does similarly, and you like what you see from Hassan Reddick. Now I have a two-year sample size of him being uh, a, a top pass rusher. Okay, I can either tag him again if I want, or I can then start to discuss a long-term deal at a number that's a little bit probably north of that 14.6 number, but it isn't astronomically bigger. So I think this is, a, this, is a, this is an example of the Cardinals. If they were to pay him right now, they're committing money that if it doesn't work out and Hassan Reddick is not the player that put up 12 and a half sacks this year, now you're committing money to a guy, and now your cap situation in a couple of years 
becomes a little bit worrisome because now you got to pay other guys, right? This is this is part of managing the cap. You cannot just look at 2021. You have to look at 22, 23, 24, and look at this thing, basically a five-year picture of what this looks like. That's why I like the franchise tag. And then you get creative by releasing another guy. So basically, you're only adding an additional $9 million on the books uh, because you, you release Kennard. But Sean, I'll ask you this. You caught Robert Offer for $7.5 million. You're telling me you can't find a corner that can give you more production than Robert Offer's given you over the last couple of years for cheaper? Okay, well, he's he hasn't given you the production because he hasn't been able to be on the field. Okay, so if, if that's my point. So then you have to ask yourself if you feel like he's going to be able to be on the field, is he a better option at seven than said player you're talking about getting off of you know the waiver free agent market uh, for, say, three, three and a half? You know, that that's what you have to ask yourself. So... More than likely, I think that's that's probably a, a road they go down. But you really have to – I mean, that room is getting – that secondary is going to be a major question mark this year. Major question sure, mark. But, but hold on, because this is something I was thinking about yesterday. The cap is not just an implication for the Arizona Cardinals. It's it's an implication for a lot of teams. Like, mm -hmm. there are teams in much worse situation than the Arizona oh, Cardinals. Oh, God, and yes. And their way of remedying their situation are going to be to cut players that – might raise some eyebrows for, from some people, right? There, there are going to be some names available in free agency that normally wouldn't be available. That could give the Arizona Cardinals an opportunity to land a guy that maybe we're not anticipating that gets cut off of another roster because that team needs to create cap space and they cut maybe a veteran player that you know is over 30. And then the Cardinals swoop in and say, oh, we'll give you a nice little landing spot here. And it doesn't cost the Cardinals as much. And, th and that player doesn't get as much as their previous contract. There are scenarios that could play out that way. It's, it's what's happening with J.J. Watt. Now, he's a bigger name than than I'm thinking for this example that I'm talking about. But J.J. Watt got cut. He's not going to make anywhere near the 17 and a half that he was going to get in Houston, he's going to get less than that, and he's going to go to a position that, that's going to give him the best chance to win. There are going to be other guys that get cut like J.J. Watt and are going to be looking for landing spots. And if Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime and Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins can can work their magic, if DeAndre Hopkins can post more Instagram posts of guys photoshopped into Cardinals jerseys, <laughs> maybe guys will be playing here for the Cardinals next season on less money than maybe we anticipate. So I think if you're the Cardinals, Sean, your best asset is to have the bank account have the most amount of money that you can possibly have in it, and then take those dollars and allocate it elsewhere. I don't think keeping Robert Alford just because he, he plays corner and you need a corner, I think it's worth more to have that $7.5 million available in the bank account to be able to make moves, in my opinion. I, I mean, I buy that. I'd agree with that. You know, again, but we're not, we don't know what the, what the team feels about Robert Alford. We don't know how they feel about him as a player when healthy. Um, they don't, we don't know what they feel about him and his health in general. So I, I agree with you. The seven and a half million would be nice. And you're probably right. There will be players get cut that we won't expect. And then we're going to have to take less to have an opportunity to play again this year. So we'll see how it plays out, but it, it's, it's an interesting, I, the Hassan Reddick conversation I think is interesting. Um, the franchise tag there for Hassan Reddick, if you're able to open up some money like ESPN's pointing out, I like that road too, for exactly the reasons you said. The exact same reasons you said. The 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 fact that okay, we feel like you've turned a corner because you finally played in the same system for more than one season. We feel like you turned a corner because we're using you in a way that plays to your skill set a little bit better. Um, and we saw the 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 stats to back it up this year. But show me one more time. You know, how many times have you seen a guy in a prove it year, put up numbers, and then disappear as soon as soon as that contract is signed. So, and I'm not saying mm -hmm. Hassan Reddick is that type of guy at all. I'm just saying we've seen it, you know, in the past. If you're the if you're the Arizona Cardinals, that's not a bad way to go at all. Also, I think when when you look at at this team in particular, Sean, 
How much better would we feel if Isaiah Simmons played enough and we felt comfortable with him as an answer moving forward? It would feel a little bit easier to move on from uh, Devon Kennard and to, to, to put the tag on Redick if you could just go, oh, Isaiah Simmons on a rookie deal? Just slide you over in the depth chart. He's going to, regardless how you feel about him, he's going to have to. He's going to have to. I certainly year. think that that's, gonna, that's a way to create additional dollars for yourself. I agree. And, and he's going to have to. You, you know, instead of playing 20 some odd snaps a game, he's going to have to, he's going to have to be a focal point of the defense next year. That, that's, I don't even think that's a question. 33.9% of snaps in 2020. Right. That number is going to double at the minimum next season. It's going to have to. Right. He's, I mean, he, I, right. I, you can't baby him anymore in year two. Eighth overall pick. You can't baby him anymore in year two. He's going to have to be a significant part of this defense. For some of the reasons you're talking about, financially as well, rookie contract. We need to, you, you, you need to, you need to play. We got to capitalize on that. You got to play. Uh, and listen, he. I feel like he kind of found his way later in the season. You started to see that snap count increase later mm-hmm. in the season. You started to see him make plays later on in the year, um, where he was. That you started to see that speed. We were told about that athleticism. We were told about where it felt like he wasn't thinking too much on the field he was just reacting and you saw him making plays so i i do have confidence in him i know a lot of I people do too. that'll be left questions but i i think there's the athletic ability is too it's too high for him to be a complete bust he'll be he'll be but a part s- of this defense you'd certainly feel a lot better if we saw more of him absolutely this past season, you right you'd sure feel you more more comfortable making the, the some of the moves that we're discussing here i think you still have to make the moves just out of the necessity of what you need to do with the rest of the team Right, I'm still going to pound the table, Sean, and I'm going to continue to say it on every podcast we talk about the Cardinals so that when it does happen, I get credit for it, or at least you give me some praise for calling it and, and making this prediction. They should call up the Saints and see if the Saints want to trade Marshawn Lattimore. keep going this route. And, and I've, I think I've sold you. I, I think I've gotten you to maybe turn the corner on well, this, again, and you might be coming to my side of the argument. If, you're, if the cap space is there, yes. It's $10 million, because I think. You put, you put him in a room with a bunch of nothing. You know, it's you're, it. What does that do? You know what I mean. Ten point two is his cap number for next season. It, that's going to be difficult. We're talking about giving 10. fourteen. 2. We're talking about giving fourteen to Hassan Reddick on the franchise tag. That kind of move, plus you're giving up probably at least one one first to bring in you're a giving, corner like that. They're going to ask for the Jalen Ramsey deal, which is two firsts. Do they get it? I don't know. That's what they're going to ask for, though. If they even move him, dude. I have spent way more time than I like to admit on OverTheCap.com looking at the Saints salary cap space. I don't know how they are going to field a team for next season that is playing within the rules of the NFL salary cap without trading Marshawn Lattimore. They can get creative and restructure a bunch of contracts, but they are $69 million in the hole right now, like $69 million in the negative, and that is after Drew Brees has restructured his contract so he gets paid the base salary for next season because of the way his contract is written. He's already restructured his deal. So unless you're getting a bunch of guys to restructure their deals, by the way, Taysom Hill's cap hit of $16.1 million is just ha. Maybe, maybe this is why you're $69 million in the hole for next season. So I listen, if, if they're interested and they're going to have to go that direction because this is just this is a house of cards that's going to come tumbling down because Drew Brees is gone, I don't know. I think I'd offer two first for Marshawn Lattimore, especially if you're going to take a corner with the 16th overall pick anyway. If you're just going to take J.C. Horn at 16, or you're going to take Eric Stokes, the corner out of Georgia, at 16. Or you're just going to take a corner at 16. Then just trade that first for Marshawn Lattimore, and then just the additional compensation is another first. And then basically, you, you took you took Marshawn Lattimore with number 16 this year. Like I, That's the way I'd look at it. Yeah, I don't have a pick next year, but I'm trying to build a winner. You know, I'm try, i I got to get guys here now. And I'm not picking in, in 2022. 
So be it. Trying to maximize this window here I got with Kyler on a rookie contract before I got to pay him $40 million, or at that point, it'll probably be $45 million. So I, I, I call up New Orleans. Call it Mickey Loomis. I mean, I'm on board for it. I'm not against the idea. I just, you know, it, it's going to be difficult. Like, what are you giving up to make the cap space? That's the question. That's always going to be the yeah. question with this team and every team. But I'm, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm on board. It would definitely improve that room we've been talking so much about. That's for sure. Yeah, it would. It would. Well, see, but see, Sean, if you if you cut Robert Alford and you trade for Marshawn Lattimore for three million dollars, you've upgraded your cornerback room. That's another way you can look at it. That's, I mean, th- th- these are the kind of things that need to be done in order for the Cardinals to field a competitive roster in 2021, or I-, I should say a better roster than 2021. That's what they That's what they need to do. That's going to do it for us here on the Wednesday edition of No Bull with Chris Cressman and Simone. As always, you can follow the show on Twitter at No Bull underscore podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio. You can follow Sean on Twitter at scressman 2 uh, Sean, day 30, down 22 pounds. Proud of you, buddy. You keep yeah, going, 22 now, lost. man. Proud of you. Proud of you. Thanks, even, even though you had that cheat meal with the lasagna the other day. I did. Set me back like one day, if, if we're going to be perfectly honest. I actually went up for the first time since I started this See? program. That's what you the get. Next day. That is what you get for but eating the lasagna. Since then, I'm down a few pounds. So, yeah, 30 days in. Hit my 30-day mark today, down 22 pounds in 30 days. RevitalizedWeightLoss.com. All natural, no hormones, no shots, none of that stuff. All natural foods. It's been good, man. It's working for me. It's a great program. Check them out, RevitalizedWeightLoss.com. We will be back on Friday to wrap up the remainder of this week. Everybody enjoy the rest of your hump day here on a Wednesday and the rest of your week. We'll talk to you on Friday.